0: If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.
1: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690
0: and ESPN690.com. That's not fair to ask. I'm on the call with them. That's not fair to do to them. That's
1: so harsh. That's terrible. I'll I'll answer that, is that it actually happened. In 2008, Ahmad Black made a great interception against Oklahoma, and we're up by three points against Sam Bradford, arguably one one of the greatest offenses of all time. And I called everybody up, and there was seven minutes and 40 seconds, whatever was, left on the clock, and I had them all get in real close to me. And I had my arm around Tim. And I had him, I said, guys, turn around and look at the clock. And we all turned around together, and I said, if we can somehow control this clock and go down and score, you're the champions of college football. At that moment, you know, who else would you want? You know, I'm I'm very biased. I know he's on the call, but he's the best college football player of all time.
0: That is Urban Meyer talking about Tim Tebow. They were on a call together with Dan Mullen. I guess if the guy's right in the room, you have to say it. Oh, of course. I I think those two guys, Dan Mullen and Urban Meyer, probably uh, fully believe it. Now, listen, uh, Dak Prescott did some great things for Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. Uh, really led them to heights that they had not been and uh, was was really, really good. It is, uh, Tebow's, Tebow's in the conversation. I mean, look what he did. I mean, his numbers are unbelievable. Two national championships. Like, we just talked about Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the eye test says, man, Reggie's right there. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have the longevity of that. Like, he he did it for a year. Yeah, he played three years, but I mean, he did it like that at that level for three years. Now Tim, obviously, first year he split time with Chris Leak, but still, most people would say Gators ain't winning a national championship without Tim Tebow. Mm -hmm. And then obviously wins the Heisman Trophy and comes back wins a national title. Uh, You know, there's the legend of Tebow is so strong because of you know his powerful statement uh, after the loss to Ole Miss, the promise. All those things. I mean, you add it all up, and it's uh, it's hard to be as dynamic. Although, again, I mean, Georgia fans will sit here and tell me all the stats of Herschel Walker. And, and there have been greats and greats. Archie Manning. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Archie Griffin uh, is really who I was thinking initially. Then Manning came out, but even Ar- Archie Manning. But Archie Griffin, uh, two-time Heisman winner. Hey, he's not alone, but he's in the conversation. There's no doubt.
1: Yeah. Where... And see once again, so I go back to the, the Reggie Bush USC days and the offensive juggernaut that they were. Uh, obviously, they had Matt Leinart at quarterback. I mean, yeah. he was he was good in his own right too. But like when you think about, I guess just dynamic guys, you know, maybe like a dual threat quarterback. Because we always talk about right, yeah, we always talk about what now. You know, it's like the dual threat quarterback, the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons. Well, Vince Young. You know, to Mm -hmm. to lead the Texas Longhorns in that national championship game. I remember exactly where I was. Exactly. I mean, where does Vince Young rank on on that kind of list? I mean, and I get it was really just one year, right, where that kind of sticks out to you. But, but in terms of you know i guess a, a college football season i mean where is vince young ranked? i think that's why uh, so many of these guys
0: if you think about college football and you think about these names you think about them for a season or for a moment like even sure. vince young i would say okay every saturday uh, was i like man i can't wait to watch vince young mm-hmm. i don't know but i remember that championship game man As and i'm not should. saying that was his only moment he was obviously more brilliant than that all year long go look at the numbers Correct. go look at everything else but i i just Without that game, without that championship, I would not even have this bring up his name in this conversation. Yeah. So to me, he's more of, wow, what a moment guy. Definitely at the very most, what a season guy. And See, but I think people fall into that.
1: True. But to me, I mean, the championship says something, too, right? Like, I mean, Tim Tebow's career... Was built off winning those national championships. Absolutely. Okay, like, you wouldn't put I can, him in the
0: conversation without him.
1: Exactly. I can hit. I can sit here and spew out Johnny menzel's numbers, but that kind of went to national championship. So I don't consider him, you know, as, as one of the greats. But Vince Young, I do, because he did it on the grandest of stages. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good yeah. call
0: because to me, Johnny menzel will be and go down as one of the most electrifying, exciting college players sure. of all time. I don't know, to your point, if I would say he's in the conversation as one of the greats of all time. There's a mm-hmm. difference for me in that sure you know there's a difference in me saying hey this guy's this guy belongs you know in the conversation for greatest of all time Mm -hmm. and this guy is Electrifying and fun to watch and, and awesome. Yeah, you know. Uh, listen, Michael Vick is one of the most electrifying athletes to ever play in the NFL, but nobody's putting him in the conversation as one of the greatest of all time.
1: Played national and, championship, but didn't win it though. I don't think. Right? It, no, did, but I'm talking yeah. even in the NFL. Yeah, oh, I got uh, In the okay.
0: NFL, nobody's putting him in the conversation with the goats. Yeah. Of of the position, mm-hmm. even though he might be the most electrifying player to play That's the game. Yep. You know what I mean? So oh, I yeah. just feel like there's a difference there. Yeah. Uh, like I, I would even say like right now, like, even go to baseball. Okay, Javy. Baez to me, Ronald Acuna to me. Uh, Now, you could put them closing in on the category of greats in the game. Like, I think, hands down, Mike Trout's the best player in the game. Mm. Most electrifying player in the game. To me, is Javi Baez. Some would say Ronald Acuna. Sure, but they're not the greatest player in the game right now. No, but the flashy Trotter, man. You yeah, know, people talk about. My, my him. point yep. being, there's a difference. Good point. Uh, And I think in sports, there are there, there are differences. Yeah. In so,
1: that. so maybe you know Tim Tebow is more of the meat and potatoes. But you can't knock the national championships. You can't knock the success. You can't knock the accolades. I mean, Tim Tebow deserves to be up in that conversation for sure. Yeah, and everybody's going to have their own metrics and, yeah. and conversation. But he's got the resume
0: to unequivocally mm-hmm. be in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, he has to be in the conversation yep. for everything, by the way, that he was off the field to on the field to the big moments of, of speeches and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that factors in, you Absolutely. know, in uh, Heisman trophies and how many times he went to New York and all the championship rings. Uh, and, and by the way, the dynamic that I don't think Tim gets enough credit for, and I still am waiting for the 30 for 30 for them someday is the woof, dynamic in that locker room. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, I've heard. I heard listen, I've, th- I've talked to Brandon Spikes about it. <laughs> okay. I mean, but that is a cast of now yeah. characters. Sure. of uh, uh, You know, who knows what they were like for those couple of years, but we've heard the stories out of Gainesville anyway. Mm-hmm. But what people became, you know, started to know them for some of their experiences after the fact. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Aaron Hernandez comes mostly to mind but he's not alone that's the point yeah. uh, he's alone in that category
1: sure. but there are, it, it was just a i mean you got you know Percy Harvin had his ordeal uh Riley Cooper kind of had his whole ordeal. Pouncy brothers have had Pouncey theirs. Brothers. Yeah.
0: Listen, I think again, you, you know, we talk about with the last dance, and I, I don't know if we brought this up a lot because I think a lot of people are doing it, but it's like, okay, what would you see? What would you want to see next? Right? We said even in Jacksonville, we'd like to see 2017 Saxonville. You know what? What happened? That's the where did it go? What happened to it? You know, blah blah blah. Uh, 30, 2035. I've already got my my handprints on that documentary. Um. <laughs> But I think bigger than that, I, I would be absolutely fascinated with the dynamic of Tim Tebow and and the image of Tim Tebow and who Tim Tebow was as a player and, and, and person and all that stuff. And the rest of the locker room and sure. the rest of what was going on, and much like even in New England, Tom Brady and Aaron Hernandez was in that locker room. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is not just an Aaron Hernandez thing, though. That's what makes I think Florida so unique. And you had kind of that image of Tebow in his his great play to kind of put a cover over what was going on behind the scenes. Sure, um, which I think everybody knows now became relevant because they brought in Muschamp to clean the damn thing up. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what they did at Florida. So. Th- it is what it is. We don't know the details, but someday I hope we do. I, I, to me, that will be a fascinating documentary if somebody's able to pull it off.
1: And one of the biggest things that I want to know from that documentary is exactly how much influence Tim Tebow actually had on the team. We, we, we know what Tim Tebow brought to a nation, right? And we know what Tim Tebow brought to the fan base. But I've told this story before, and you know when it was Brandon Spikes myself and Tim Tebow on a shuttle bus going from the airport, uh, from the Buffalo airport to the stadium, Brandon spikes would say over and over again, like, listen, this was the, this was the defense's team. All right. That was my team. Timmy wasn't your team, you know? And like, at first I thought he was joking. But you could kind of tell from the demeanor in his voice and the passion coming out of him. And keep in mind, I mean, I'm just I'm on for, long for the ride. I'm not inter- interjecting. <laughs> here. I'm like, I went to Murray State, dude. Uh, what do you want me to say? But like hearing them go back and forth. I think there is some, you know, there is some thought that, you know, Brandon Spikes, the guys in that defense, that was their team. And it necessarily wasn't really Tim's team. Now, yes, we're reminded, obviously, of those press conferences, Tim crying, you know, and saying you'll never see a college football player work hard. And that was great and everything. And I'm sure the players were inspired by that. But that's what I want to know. I, I want to know, you know, this this man of faith, this maybe this kind of outlier in this locker room. Let's be honest here. Uh, yeah. um, how much influence did he really have on the Florida Gators? Yeah, uh,
0: I think um, I think some of it's natural with the position, right? Quarterback. Of course. He obviously was the face of it, along with Urban Meyer, sure. because the quarterback goes out and talks, and he was willing to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, with what we now know what went on there at times. I think they probably were afraid to put some other people up in front of them, Mike. Um, uh, uh, It's a good question. It's a fascinating question. Mm -hmm. You've been in a lot of locker rooms. Sometimes, I'm trying to think on the teams, is there more influence from other players than the people that
1: are perceived to be the face of the locker room? Without a doubt. 2010, perfect example. Daryl Smith. Daryl Smith's personality, his thumbprint was all over not only that defense but that team. Daryl Smith was never the guy that's gonna give you the sound bites in the interviews. Yeah. But Daryl Smith was that guy. Okay? And like and I think you can argue David Garrard was obviously that guy too as well and everything. Don't get me don't get it twisted. Daryl Smith yeah, it's was not just to take
0: anything away. No, from I'm Gar- not taking like, example. He was obviously the face because he he's was the quarterback. The face, and-
1: but I'm talking about behind the scenes. You know the 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 passion, um, the brotherhood that all stemmed from guys like Daryl Smith and even like Rasheen Mathis. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good even call. And Mathis
0: too. Same same it's, personality. Yeah, so. great examples, yeah. right? Uh, so that's a good point. So it does happen, it's, mm-hmm. and I don't even know how you really quantify it. I guess it's like okay, Rasheen Mathis and. Uh, and or Daryl Smith mm-hmm. in 2010 said, hey, uh, we're going to go do this. Mm-hmm. And Gerard, who was the face of it and, and still a leader in that room and respect that room, said, hey, we're going to go do this. Is, it the, is the locker room split? Are more people following Rasheen and, and, and Daryl Smith? Are more people following Gerard? You know, I, I don't know how to quantify it. I guess that would be kind of the only way I would say that, but I don't even know if that's correct.
1: gonna tell you uh, a real quick story here? I think this was 2011, if I'm not mistaken. might have been 2012. But it got to the point during the middle of the season where guys were kind of fed up with losing. All right? And we weren't having a good year. And we weren't reaching expectations. And team morale was at an all-time low. And there was a thought that we would throw – because we had – it was a Wednesday practice. And it was probably like week 10, week 11 in the season. Usually during that time, you take the pads off, Brent, you know, you just go in the helmets. Well – there was a thought that, man, we're going full pads right now. We're like in week 10, week 11. What, what are we doing? You know, like we're not even playoff eligible and we're still practicing in full pads. And there was a lot of um, there was a lot of frustration in that locker room and guys threatened to throw their shoulder pads in the middle of the room and say, we're not going to go out there and practice in pads We're we're done. We're going to go out there on helmets. Let the coaches say something. We're in this together. And a couple guys said, no, that's not what we do. OK, and I, I distinctly remember one of those guys being Daryl Smith. Hmm. Daryl Smith was one. Well, like I said. Daryl Smith was never the guy that was going to give you the rah-rah speech. And he was never going to get you motivated. But when he stands up and says, no, we're not doing that, guess what? The the, the the 40 guys in the locker room that threw their shoulder pads in the middle, they brought him back out and were like, all right, you're right, let's go. And then that, that was that. And it's just those types of things that maybe you don't really hear about until I, I spill them. But <laughs> it's those types of influences that those players can have. That's, That's a great call. It's a great example yeah. of it.
0: I think it's a fascinating discussion, right, uh, of – you know, right now, we would say what? Gardner Minshew
1: is the face of this franchise? Sure. Fair yeah. enough. I mean, yeah, face for sure, because he's getting the most attention. And deservedly so. he's the quarterback, obviously. He's got a great story, and he had a rookie year. So, yeah, he's the face of the franchise.
0: But I would also say, because he's a young guy, I would question to say he has the most influence and impact inside the locker room. Correct. Uh, I mean, heck, that could be Avery Jones. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that might be Brandon Linder. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little different because you're talking to a young guy. Like, the the scenario we were playing out, you know, whether it's in college or because Tebow was, uh, is how this kind of got brought up, but also in 2010, I mean, Gerard had been playing in the league for a while. He was a veteran, Smith veteran, Rasheen's veteran yeah. at that point. So it's a little bit unique. Like, I would say in Green Bay, my perception Aaron Rodgers has the most influence in that locker room and impact Correct. in that locker room. Correct. I can't imagine somebody else does have more than him. Yeah, I don't think so. It's definitely Aaron. Now, Rogers. over the years, at all, was there a time when Clay Matthews had just as much? I don't know.
1: It's a possibility. You know, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. I'm I don't sure know if it's an offense-defense thing, too. Maybe yeah, either, but. I, I mean, it could be. But, you know, and like you, you mentioned a great point with Avery Jones. Avery Jones, you go out in the community, he's probably not. With all due respect to Avery Jones, you owe me 50 bucks. It is what it <laughs> is. Go ahead and pay that up anytime now, Avery. But, um,
0: By the way, when we do our two year anniversary of the show, we'll ask how many times has, has Austin mentioned that on the show? Hey, you know what? That will be the grand prize hey, giveaway. Do you
1: know what, Brett? <laughs> Not enough. Okay? Because you enough. still don't have it. Because I still don't have my money in my pocket. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, no, I'm so upset, though, okay? Because when I brought up last time to his face, he goes. Go talk to Skip. What is Skip gonna do? Skip's not gonna do anything. So you whatever. Okay. Sorry. Like like you can't
0: not mention Avery Jones without bringing up your 50
1: bucks. Like you have an issue with this. Well, like when you when you have it on footage. All right. When you go on YouTube and type an Austin Lane A6 video and you see Avery Jones on camera on microphone say, "I'll pay you some money if you do this jump," and I did it. Hey, what what do you want me to tell you, Brent? Okay. Show me the dough. But anyways. You know, it's interesting because you asked, like, for the Green Bay Packers, for instance. Aaron Rodgers has always been the guy. And you brought up a guy like Avery Jones, who he's kind of like. You know he he's a quiet, he's a quiet dude, right? And He plays a position that's it's it's a thankless job to say the least, right? Playing that nose technique, Brent. You're taking on double teams the whole time. Yeah, maybe every once in a blue moon you get a sack and you can celebrate. But what they ask Avery do, Avery Jones to do, it's a thankless job. And because of that, it's not like Avery Jones jerseys are flying off the shelves just because you know people don't, don't take note of just what that guy can do on a football field. It is what it is. Kind of like the Tyson Howard effect, I always say. But with the, the, the Green Bay Packers, like to me, like John Kuhn was a guy, fullback, yeah. who I think was super respected in that locker room. For instance, Kansas City Chiefs, I talked about him when we we're at, uh, when we we're in Miami, uh, 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 their fullback, okay, Anthony Sherman. I think is one of those guys in that locker room because he's tenured, but also what he does. He's not the most flashy guy, but he does all the dirty work. And sometimes the guys that can do all the dirty work are the guys that are praised the most in locker rooms because it's not like the outside world where we see a fullback and it's like, okay, I see him out there. I don't really know what he's doing, whatever. But like when you're breaking down film, and, and you're watching film, I guarantee Andy Reid every single time they have a rushing touchdown is praising Anthony Sherman, saying, look what Anthony Sherman did in this play. Look what he did in this play. And it was kind of the, the same thing for like a Daryl Smith as well, where we'd be watching team film, and Jack Del Rio would be like, all right, let's rewind it back quick. Let's really watch Daryl Smith right here and watch what he does. And like that's where the respect kind of grew. That's where it was like, dang, I didn't even know Daryl, because obviously I'm playing on the field with him at the same time, but I didn't know Daryl Smith was doing that. I didn't know Daryl Smith was taking on a double team, splitting it, and then getting a tackle for a loss. Damn. You know, so. It's those types of guys, They're those guys that go under the radar a little bit from the fans' perspective, but they mean the most in the locker room.
0: That's wild. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I just, sure. I don't think we think of it that way from mm-hmm. outside. I think we were like, hey, Tim Tebow, let him inside. He let yeah. him outside. You posed the question, yeah, but were there other guys influential? I think you know, Tom Brady. It's been Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, man. Yeah, right. It had Ty Law, yeah. Richard Seymour, Teddy Bruschi. You don't think those guys say I was on that team? Yeah, remember. You, yeah, yeah, you don't think those guys had impact on that room? And 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 maybe even at times more than Brady internally, of course. You know, um, I, I doubt it. Maybe
1: more than Brady, but maybe early in his career. So it's it's an interesting point. Well, and let's be honest, like Russell Wilson was. You know, I mean, it, it, well, I guess that's maybe a bad example because like the, the Legion of Boom was kind of the face of the franchise, they were but then Russell Wilson comes in and you know has his success, but it was still Richard Sherman. Little it bit, was, it, yeah. it, was, it was still you know everybody that like Cam Chancellor faded, though it did it, it did. did as, yeah.
0: as Russell Wilson star rose. Sure, now who knows? Again, I no, but I'm just saying inside, internally,
1: knowing Pete Carroll and yeah. the defensive minded guy that he is, I guarantee guys like Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman were were the key cogs of that. Team. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Uh, hey, a couple updates uh, from the golf world: uh, Charles Schwab Challenge.
0: PGA Tour in Fort Worth, Texas getting going. Justin Rose, 7-under to take the lead. Jonathan Vegas, uh, Abraham Answer, uh, Harold Warner III uh, all tied for second one shot back. A couple of uh, big names that uh, you might be looking for. Maybe you got some fantasy golf or maybe you put a wager on it because you're that bored. I don't know. <laughs> Austin <laughs> potentially. Uh, I still have E gaming to bet on some right now. Right. Uh, uh, Billy Horschel buddy. is tied for twenty third, three hundred. He's still out on the golf course. Jordan Speed three under. Jim Furick three under. Then you have uh, some of the uh, the biggest group out there was uh, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, Rory McElroy, all two under par in round one of the uh, Charles Schwab Challenge out there in Fort Worth, Texas. The Corn uh, Ferry Challenge is happening, and that's happening right at TPC's Dyes Valley course. There was some good scoring out there as well earlier today. Uh, I'm going to get you a leaderboard, and it's going to start with some names I probably don't know very well. Paul <laughs> Bar-Hone, um Barjon? Barjon. Okay, Barjon. French? Uh, Barjon. Yeah, French. French. So you got to yeah. say the J. Barjon, isn't
1: it? is its it Barjon? B-A-R-J-O-N. Is there an apostrophe after nope. the N? Okay.
0: Nope. So Barjon. Let's go with Barjon then. Like A little Barjon. Barjon. Anyway. I like it. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. I took French for a couple of years. Did you really? Yeah. I took Spanish. Uh, I did too after I took French. Well, look at Because I couldn't you, figure out the French. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> <Fair enough.
0: laughs> not that i can figure out the spanish either very yeah, sure, well but sure. i tried you're honest uh tim wilkinson who lives in the jacksonville area four hundred, he's two shots back uh so uh that's uh the top eric compton that's a name you know he's two shots back because there's a bunch of guys tied, tied at four under two shots back over there at dyes valley course uh, competition will continue cool. uh, a really emotional day for uh camilo vijegas yesterday he addressed the media and shared the story uh, that his, his 20-month-old uh, daughter, Mia, is battling cancer. It was uh, at four minutes, if you haven't checked it out, of Camilo, Camilo Vijegas talking about life and his daughter and how much she's an inspiration, why he's coming back out on the golf course. Um, it was powerful, powerful stuff. So thoughts and prayers to the Villegas family. Uh, of course, he started out, by the way, three of his first four holes birdied him. Wow. Started uh, really strong. And uh, ends up having a, a pretty good day. He's 300 par, three shots off the lead. So I think there's a lot of people right now uh, pulling for the good energy and, and good thoughts for the Vizhegas uh, family, no doubt about that. That will uh, continue Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. No fans. And then uh, World Golf Village will host the next event for the Corn Ferry Tour uh, next week. But once again, uh, no fans at that event as well. We're going to try to play something here coming up next. <laughs> First time ever. Like a mystery moment we got to guess who Coos picks for a soundbite coming into the next segment. I love games. I'm going to try it. And uh, also a thought or two on the NBA and the Major League NBA happening with players in Major League Baseball draft, which is happening uh, tonight. It continues. It's next on ESPN 690.
1: I heard some crazy, but maybe it's not such a crazy idea, to have a quarterback on your roster that is not at the facility around the guys because you could conceivably end up in a situation where you're down to quarterback three relatively quickly. Yeah. That's one of the things I've been pondering in the last two or three weeks as we, as we set the protocols. uh, And from what I'm understanding is if you test positive, you're quarantined for two weeks now that if you have no symptoms, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, Is it, is it a false one? Is it, I mean, uh, so I don't, there's so much to, to learn and, and still explore with this thing, but I've thought about keeping
0: the third quarterback on the roster out of the room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we have two guys that have been in our system really sharp. So I, I might have to quarantine a quarterback just in case of a quarantine.
1: Ooh, all right, that a Zoom lot audio there. is going to hurt you guys a little There's bit. There's a lot there. Uh, I thought I know who so it was, but the we're
0: trying this because this was born by the way yesterday. We didn't if you didn't tell us who like RG three was, we would have no idea that was sure. RG three talking. Uh, so we said, hey, all right, give us another mystery soundbite. Who was that? Obviously, it's an NFL coach, mm-hmm. right? Got to be, of course. Yeah, uh, we've had two guys in the How about system. This? Two guys in the system keep a third quarterback quarantined. I think that's a wild one. hint
1: after you guys debate for a little bit.
0: All right. I'm uh, going to do uh, it. Let's first figure it out. You, you have a good. I feel like I, I know I, the voice. Uh, it wasn't like Andy Reid. Uh-uh. Um, two guys in the system. Was, okay. Can I,
1: I we can ask you one question? Wait, wait. Let's okay. talk first. Before, okay. oh, are we on the same team yet? Yes. All right. I, I think it's Bruce Arians. But keep in mind. Brady hasn't been in the system. I think that was kind of a misspeak. It, it sounded like Bruce Arians to me. That's what I was going to go with, because like he's kind of the guy that would like. I don't know if he's being serious about having a, a third quarterback quarantined, but like he's got the personality to say that. Like I, I can see Bruce Arians saying that. Yeah, I didn't feel
0: like it was. Uh, I, who, okay. uh, who, um, who is uh the third? Is there a third quarterback up with Foles and Trubisky? Would that be Nagy?
1: But but false hasn't been the system. Yeah, but he well, technically yeah, yeah, that, has. Okay, technically. Um is there a third quarterback in all right, let me check that out quick. Or could that have been Peterson at Philly? No, because Hertz is the backup, but he just got there. Yeah, that wouldn't you know? make sense. Okay. Uh um, it's not Steve Carroll.
0: Or oh, I'm sorry, not Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, yeah, nah, Steve, Steve Carroll. <laughs> could have been could have been Vrabel. Uh, Who do they have? Tannehill Hill?
1: Yeah, and they have who else? They got rid of Mariota. can you play it just a little sound by just one more time, please?
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I've been pondering in the last two or three weeks. As we as we set the protocols,
1: uh, it's kind of if, country, from what I'm if you test positive, you're quarantined for two weeks. Older, older guy. He like has an me. Andy Reid twang tool. Yeah, older gentleman. I feel like not Vrabel. Yeah, it wasn't Vrabel. All right, what, would you, what should the question be? I'll ask because you suck at when we do these things and we have, like, guess who it is? Uh, is, 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 is the head coach, um, is he right-handed? I don't know. Does he wear a hat? Does he wear a hat? Um. <laughs> yeah, by the way.
0: I, I asked, the last time we had Martin on, Palm Beach autographs, I asked a question that kind of helped us get the answer.
1: <laughs> kind of. Brent, I was the guy, I mean, literally, I and was like guy. you said I suck at it. I, I was the FBI. Brent, you asked something about, like was it <laughs> volleyball or something? I remember. <laughs> don't even don't even try to defend yourself right now. It's not going to work. Um, could, it, could, it could it be <sighs> shit? No, you can't keep going okay, to sorry, the Sorry, will. sorry, sorry, sorry. Can All it right. be Shanahan? I have a really good. Not, Shanahan's too young. Who's the Broncos this is, coach? This guy's old. Uh, Vic. Well, Fand- that wasn't Vic. Definitely wasn't, wasn't Vic. Wasn't Vic. You've heard him. You I've heard him. him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't
0: it? Wasn't uh, uh, what's his name up at Patricia? Wasn't Patricia.
1: All right. So could I, it be rule? No, it's a new system. Mm. So okay. So let's go ahead and ask this question. All right. What do? Coos. <laughs> This head coach. The most thought out minute of Austin's oh, day. Oh, man, I Here. know. This is the only minute. <laughs> the the this is the, is, the only thought out minute answer. in my day. <laughs> I know. So I have to ask what. All right. But think about it, Brent. Why are, why are they talking to this coach? So I don't this, know. He's got to be in a prominent role that has a, a decent quarterback. So head
0: coach in the NFL.
1: Yeah, but they're asking him these questions for a reason. There's a reason why this sound bite made it through the airwaves.
0: Was All this right. a relatively new soundbite, or someone you went in back uh, into this the was, woods no, to get? No, this was on the prep sheet. Okay. So this was th- in the last couple of days.
1: Cruise, is, is this guy Bruce Arians? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. That's a walk-off, baby. <laughs> that's a walk-off. Play hey, that again. You guys have a good night. Play that again. You guys have a good night.
0: That's a walk-off. How could he have two guys? You you called it. He, he made an error there. Yeah, but. Uh, Tom Brady's new. That's a walk-off, man. Blaine Gabbard has been in the system.
1: He has, yeah. And I, I thought about that. Who's the, who the, who's the Bucks' third QB? Are they draft. Somebody? I don't think they have anybody. Do they? Didn't they? Uh, no. Did you didn't.
0: Who are you guys talking about? Gabbert. Uh, Gabbard's a backup. Okay, Gabbard, Yeah. Great deduction on your part, though. That they have maybe Ryan Griffin. Man. Writing, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> would you, how, that's a great, that's a, how about that fascinating topic? Would you keep a third quarterback in quarantine? quarantine? Well, see, once again, I think he was somebody. joking.
1: Like, I, I think he was just kidding. Like, that was his personality. But he was asked the question. I mean, the question. question was asked. But, like, I th- I feel like he had a little of just kind of a, a little but is there, joke to it. Is there something to that, though, like where you might have certain players, like, uh, as, like, a backup Listen, just in case? Me and Brent have had this conversation off there and I'll share it right now on there. The way these NFL teams are operating, where it's usually the in house staff that's acting like the third party liaison in terms of coronavirus, if Tom Brady gets coronavirus and they're trying to make a playoff run, there's no way that team doctor's gonna be like, Well, Tom Brady has coronavirus, let's set him out. I, I just I'll be honest with you, Brent, I don't see it happening. And you can go Listen, ahead and write, I, I gotta be ahead. honest. Go ahead. I, if I was the team he was the head coach, I wouldn't either. Yeah, so this is this is my thing right here. And go ahead and mark this down. Go ahead and write this down. Either. Go ahead and write this down. My prediction is for this year, there is gonna be some controversy with one NFL team yeah. who did not follow the coronavirus protocol and actually played a player when he should have been sitting out. Mark it down right now, mark it in the books. I predict it's gonna the, happen.
0: The question is, if that were to happen, and I think you you're on to something, I, I think we're all being naive if we don't think that could be the case, what's the punishment? Sweet. Is there one? You know, That's a good idea. Do they go yeah. take the Heisman away? I mean, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Yeah, like, no, What if we don't find out in like uh, until after the season that somebody – because those yeah. are the things you don't find out right away. Correct. You find out later on down the road Correct. that, yeah, you know, he had tested positive earlier in the year. Somebody slips up and says something yeah. or you know, more research is done or an investigation or whatever. What, what do they do? Lose a draft? I mean, they become the Houston Astros the last night and lose a draft pick? Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean. They might. That And so, you, therefore, you to, like. You
1: have to make a precedent. You have to do something. Well, therefore,
0: what are teams saying internally that if you do this, if you do something like this, what here's the punishment. Sure. Like, is that even out there? Or a teams going to test the punishment
1: Listen, of that? I'm sure it's out there. It's good. What, what good. the consequences good. are. But they don't care, Brent. Because, once again, if Tom Brady gets coronavirus, there is no and, way they're going to say Tom Brady and, has coronavirus. And
0: the point <laughs> you're thinking, like, he's asymptomatic.
1: Sure. Right. So yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And, yep. and so obviously he's healthy well, yeah, enough I to mean, play. I'm
1: not saying that the guy's like coughing up a lung and he's on the field. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, obviously the optics look really bad. But yeah, if he's asymptomatic, there's no way. Man, it's wild. Well, go ahead and put me in the books for one win today. Appreciate By the way, it. That,
0: I mean it's like, like your most proud me.
1: moment of the week. I did. I was pumped up. But to be fair though, I just kind of used deductive reasoning. Like he was an. It sounded like an older coach. It did. Kind of had a twang, a little bit, a little bit of swag to him. There's not a lot of That's older a coaches their part. Yeah,
0: but he threw you off with the. He we did. got two guys in the system, but you he even. Did. And you also said Arians is a little out there, yeah. so he would do something like this. That's a good sure. call. You did Thank you, Brent. I'm glad to have you on my team on this. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. I appreciate it. <laughs> I would it. ask something about some volleyball team <laughs> or something like that, most likely. <laughs> uh, hey, a couple quick hitters, and uh, we'll get to the NBA side of that from a player's perspective. But since yeah. we're on the NFL, yesterday, we didn't really talk about this much yesterday, uh, there were some reports floating around that some of the preseason could be lost. Mm-hmm. You've played in the league. Do you think guys will be ready? And, and some of the evidence of this was I saw the article on it, and they brought up 2011 when you played, hmm. and when they had the lockout, and mm-hmm. guys came in late, mm-hmm. and so there were this rash of injuries yep. uh, that happened, like uh, a little boost in injuries, and uh, from I was a part of it, hamstrings to <laughs> whoever, and you had a torn label. Yeah. So, what do you think of the idea of? There's two ideas: mm-hmm. one, getting in even earlier than, say, June 27th or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But they, the the thought there is players aren't going to go for that. They don't want to come in even earlier in their summer break, if you will, especially since the world kind of is just opening up, of course, um, or eliminating a couple of preseason games so you then give more time for conditioning yeah. and installation and everything else. As a former player who lived through 2011, yep. how do you feel about it?
1: Listen, I feel like there has to be something done. Now, is taking away preseason games ideal? Absolutely not, right? Because the preseason games are an opportunity for players to separate themselves on whether they can make a roster or not. So I think about those bubble guys who need those preseason games um, to try and make a team. But also, you know, that's a small fraction. And we're talking about... The sacrifice for the greater good right now. So I I'm all for taking some preseason games away to get guys acclimated, because even in practice, then maybe do maybe just a little more of live tackling, maybe do a little more live drills things like that, where you can kind of see what type of players you have and who you can have on your team. Because the biggest thing that I'm worried about, and once again I, I I talked about it, I had my torn labrum that year, and it wasn't it wasn't anything like I wasn't in shape, but it was just, listen, it was as a freak accident. that Do happens. you think it
0: was related at all? Like no. maybe you thought you were in shape. No, but-
1: no, no. Listen, I, I just, I tried to work a, a pass rush move, got caught in the pile, and it is what it is. You know, I just felt the pop, and then it gradually got worse and worse week by week. So I don't think sitting out, you know, with the lockout had anything to do with my injury. But I do understand, like, listen. The only way to get acclimated to football, and I don't care how many squats you do in the squat rack, I don't care how many sprints you run on a field, I don't care how many drills you do with with a quarterback and your wide receiver out of high school, I don't care. Until you practice in an NFL practice, you're not going to get acclimated, all right? So with that being said, and also consider it, too, the rookies... They're going to get thrown in the fire right away because there is no rookie minicamp. There is no introduction. You're just there and you go. So with that being said, I'm all for taking some preseason games away. And that way you can kind of slowly build as opposed to be like, all right, welcome to NFL. Let's go hit hit the ground running. No. People get hurt that way. So I, I'm all for taking the preseason games away and then just gradually building and working people out and working people up. And then by the time it's the regular season, they feel conditioned and they feel acclimated. Yeah, the... um
0: I don't know how I feel about taking the preseason way. I like what you said there and I get what you said that players need chances, they need opportunities. They but I just look at what happened yesterday in Major League Baseball and I feel like I, I tweeted this. So it's been a tough year for baseball. You have conflict in the MLB. Are you going to lose some fans? On top of that, the Major League Baseball drafts usually 40 rounds. It's a 1200 players or something. Mm-hmm. Well, this year it's 5. It's 160 players. That's it. You're talking about a 1000 kids losing out on the dream of Getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Listen, it'd be, even if you don't make it to get drafted, it's kind of cool. You have an opportunity. Now, they can be signed undrafted, but even that pool is going to be smaller. Then you even think about it from a baseball standpoint. Look at all the college baseball programs that are being shut down because of the pandemic and its opportunity for the universities to cut, and uh, some of those things are happening. Well, it's no different in this sense than some of the players, right? Yep. Y- you don't have – uh you didn't have the rigorous – off-season of pro days and everything else. Well, you lost a chance to see some of those players. Somebody that might have shined at a pro day, you didn't pick them up in undrafted free agency or even drafted them. Mm -hmm. There are some people out there that probably are – are, are being overlooked because they didn't get those chances. Correct. Well, it's the same goes for the people now you have on the roster. How will they perform under the lights? That's an important facet of it. How many guys have we seen out here? How many guys did you play with? They said, hey, this guy's lighting it up. This guy's good. Get him underneath the lights, fumble, can't sure. catch, whatever. It's totally different. It is. So – it's um uh, I think there's, guys will miss out on jobs if yeah. they do it that way. How about
1: from a fan perspective? Does it? I don't know. Well, if you the know, fans, how fans so about preseason fans care. Yeah, you know how fans so about the preseason games. And listen, Brent, I don't want to see preseason games go away because, like, like I said, like I, I know. I mean, literally, I was probably one of the last guys cut in Chicago, and it came down to the last preseason game. Like, I, I needed that game to try to make a team. Okay, so I get it, but to me, there's no perfect answer. Right. Like something has to be sacrificed here. And either you're going to sacrifice those guys that are kind of on the bubble that rely on those preseason games to make a team or you're going to sacrifice possibly some players health and some superstars health. And I think if you're the NFL right now, you're more concerned about your money makers, yes. your, your superstar athletes, than you are concerned about the bubble guys who need a preseason game to make a team. Honestly, I think this is logical.
0: You know, it, think about it this way. People said when we asked this question at the early part of this pandemic, college coaches across the board and everyone else said, hey, we need six to eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Six at the minimum, eight weeks would be beneficial to get everybody on the same page ready to play. Now, I think they meant play the regular season. But still, even if you think about playing the regular season, regular season, the NFL will start September 10th. If you go to camp on July even 25th, that's not eight weeks. That's more like six weeks bridge is close to seven. So are you getting enough time and are you really getting enough time to play even in a preseason game, whether it's a series or two series or for a young player laying it all out there? Yeah. You know, risk of getting hurt. You could even see from a team perspective they don't want that because now you have all these injury settlements mm-hmm. that you have to pay. Uh, and and that becomes part of the equation.
1: I mean, practices could look different, Brent. You know, practices could feature a lot more live drilling because teams have to know what they have, you know, from the rookies and from the undrafted free agents. That's
0: yeah, a good call. Uh, I I think what's interesting here is, you know, next year we're going to 17 regular season games and three preseason. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ironic that we'll get potentially 16-2. and two. I don't mind this idea. Not because okay. I hate preseason games. I, I, I just think it makes sense. I think getting guys in shape, doing some of that stuff, and by the way, I think it would really benefit even the Jags. I understand four preseason games could help the Jags, too, get on the same page. I think more practice time and condition, all that stuff on the field might even help them more. Sure. Uh, because, you know, in a game week... You really limit everything. The day off before the game you're not playing you're not practicing. It's like a walkthrough. The day off after, the day of the game, just the guys that are playing plays. I mean yeah. it's really three days you lose. One of those is gonna be an off day either way. So I guess two days that you might lose to install, teach, whatever. Well on this team, those could be important things. You're a young football team, uh th- that could be very important. I would just say this, if I was Doug Moran, you only play two games, and again, these are just conversations that the the league I think is having. Uh I would play my guys for a half if I could, mm-hmm. and then you know you do your normal thing and you play. But I would probably just play the young guys the second game. I'd only use it one game. You basically get like one scrimmage game, sure, to get ready for the season. Yeah, That's the way I would probably approach rehearsal. it. Yeah. so I would approach probably approach the the one game as it was like preseason game number three, and I would approach the other game as it was preseason game number four.
1: And kind of like you mentioned too, sch- schematically speaking, here where we got. A new offense coming in with, you know, Jay Gruden. We have a new defense coming in with Todd Washington at 3 or 4. I mean, there's a lot of X's and O's that have to be put into place, and there's a lot of guys that have to learn that playbook and be on the same page. And while a preseason game could kind of help you get a feel for it a little bit, I'm just worried about, you know, making sure everyone's coached up right and ready for the regular season. So as opposed to planning for all these preseason games, now you can just focus on your own guys, which necessarily isn't a really a bad thing.
0: I want to get a couple of things in real quick. Uh the NBA and, and players, a little backlash, you mentioned that could take place. Uh woe's uh uh Woe you, excuse me, uh uh, reported that we could have some little conflict with some players. Mm. Do you think it goes anywhere, or do you think most players are going to end up playing when I, things start July I,
1: 30th? I think it's going somewhere, man. I'm telling you. Do like, you we,
0: think some players are going to say, I'm not playing?
1: No, but I think some players are going to be outspoken and, and try to change the rules around where they can go home and sleep in their own bed and things like that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they'll have the power to change the rules.
1: Okay. We shall see. But I'm just saying, man. Um to try to convince a professional athlete to stand a quarantine in a hotel at uh at Disney or whatever for more than 2 months. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck with uh, that.
0: Uh, the what do you think wins out? As in, as players would win that and be like, "Hey, get lump some leniency on that." Yep. Or it comes to a point where a player will say, I, I'm not playing. Like, I think players, of Dan Lillard, right? Lillard's yeah. probably the best example of this because he's been outspoken sure, about sure. it, and it was more about the kind of the setup. Yep. But I think, do you think we Dan Lillard gets his way? Uh, and, and again, I'm just using him as an example, mm-hmm. uh, and says, hey, yeah, I can go home or my family can be here or, or whatever. Yep. I'm not sequestered, if you will, to a, a hotel. Or he says, eh, play.
1: Nope. I, I think the NBA is going to cave and give the NBA players exactly what they want.
0: Interesting. Uh, We'll see where it goes. It's kind of a new topic, and and we'll see where the discussions go. Uh, Major League Baseball draft continues tonight. Colby Halter from Bishop Kenny has a real chance to get drafted. Uh, Also, uh, some other players from the area, including a J.U. baseball player, we'll keep an eye on. Uh, Austin Martin had a big night last night. Uh, Really, the big story last night was just as much as Major League Baseball, and they tried to keep away from the disagreement and the conflict going on. But Manfred, the commissioner, said, when asked about playing ball, said 100%. It's going to happen. So a season's <laughs> going knows? to happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which I mean, we've kind of been thinking it will anyway. Yeah. But what will it look like is still very much uh, up for debate. Could be a 48 game season, which would be very small. And then we asked that same question about Major League Baseball: Do some of the stars sit out mm-hmm. and say, "I, you can take take my 50% prorated salary. I ain't playing this year." Yeah. I think that could really happen, yeah. especially with a 48 game season. Yeah. Uh, which won't make players look good, probably, uh, but uh it, it certainly for could be. For the love of the game, Brent, for the love of the game. The love of the game. I'll play. I'll be a <laughs> replacement player. I have experience
1: playing first base and catcher, man. Let's go. Hey, best
0: memorabilia item you have, sports memorabilia item, star star 690. Leave us a met- message tonight, tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about it yeah. coming up on tomorrow's show. Make sure you check out CBS 47 and Fox 30 tonight. Have a good night, everybody.